Hey, how are you doing? Welcome to Tommy G Talks. This is episode 110, and it's the seventh of the Bunker Talk sessions that I've been doing throughout the pandemic. Um, it's been a bit of a strange time. I've had two weeks off. Um, there was a virus going through the household, not COVID-19, supposedly. Um, we had tests, they came back negative, and I talk a little bit about that in this episode. Um, but yeah, I've not been here able to do any podcasts for a couple of weeks, but it was great to be back in and live on Facebook for this Bunker Talk session. What I will say is it's probably the most spicy and perhaps heated um, of all the Bunker Talks that we've done. And we touched on some very important topics. We talked about Black Lives Matter, for example. Uh, We also talked about some of the um, mishaps that have been going on around the world. We had a guest come and talk and share what it's like at the moment over in America with rioting and violence. And, you know, there's a lot of disturbing things going on right now, but we are here on this podcast platform to bring positive energy to those things and to help people through them. And so it's important that we talk about them. And, um, I want to invite you to get involved in the conversation on social media. Do let me know your thoughts. It's very much about you and what you're going through, and hopefully this will help. Um, I appreciate you being here. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. There will be a slight change of narrative moving forwards, um, continuing with the Bunker Talk theme, but bringing in more of a topical conversation, having various guests and people calling in, essentially, to get involved in the conversation. We want to mix it up. And if you'd like to be someone who gets involved in the conversation, then it's going to be taking place on my Facebook page. You need to go over to Facebook and search for me, Tommy Gentleman, and follow the Facebook page, right? That's very important because that's where we'll be having those conversations, all right? So if you want to get involved, I'd love to have you as one of our callers, one of our guests. You can ask questions, you can get involved in the conversation, and I'll let you know the topics that we're going to be talking about. This one is a big one, and we talked about a lot of very important topics, and I apologize in advance, a couple of swear words. Um, I did get a little passionate a couple of times, um, Um, But we did have some fun as well. So check it out. Here is episode 110. Welcome to Tommy G Talks. Hello again, everybody. What's going on? Welcome to Bunker Talk. <laughs> it's been a while, right? It's been a couple of weeks. While I was uh, updating all the fancy graphics here on this um, pretty cool way that we do these things, um, the day was on 16. Now it's 75. It's been 15 days. It's been two weeks since the last time we were here. So um, what, I, what I need from you guys is to let me know that you're here. Please let me know by commenting. Hey, Dan, how are you, mate? A couple of weeks since we last spoke on Bunker Talk. <laughs> Thanks for all your messages. I've had to rearrange this one four times, I think. And, you know, it's been building. The anticipation has been building. I must say it's great to be back. Um, you know, there was a few reasons why we've had to rearrange uh, the first few times due to just not feeling great, um, which is a whole story in itself, something that we'll be uh, discussing a little bit. And um, 
And then obviously yesterday there was this whole very powerful movement that was powered um, from the, the tragic death of George Floyd. And yesterday was marked as blackout Tuesday. Now I want to address this right away because I don't think we should be, um, we should be hiding it. I don't think we should be around the bush or, or, you know, playing it down or, or feeling like we can't talk about this and feel comfortable about it. So yesterday, um, each of us decided how we were going to behave and, and what we were going to do to show that we cared. And I think that that's the start of it. We have to care. Um, and then figure out how we can help to be the change that, that we would, we would like to be. And so there was this big movement yesterday where people were, um, they were sharing a, a blacked out tile on their Instagram, for example. I saw it quite early. I think it was maybe 8.30 in the morning when I saw the tile, the first tile, and the hashtag uh, Blackout Tuesday. And then sort of looking into it, I, I quickly sort of realized that it was really about not doing any kind of self-promotion, not doing any, anything that brings attention to yourself and, and kind of challenging the privilege that some of us understand and know that we have and others maybe know now due to yesterday or it's starting to become more of a topic in your mind, but also in conversation. I think that is very important. And so I thought about it. I, I guess a lot of people didn't want to do anything that would be considered wrong or that would upset anyone. I think caring is the first thing. Caring is is good. You should always encourage that. And uh, it'd be interesting to know what you guys thought. It'd be interesting to know what, what, what you did and if anyone has any anything that they would like to share about this topic. I think it's very important. I know that you do too. It, of course it is. Um, so, th- so that happened yesterday. Yesterday was supposed to be Bunker Talk and I made a decision to not do it yesterday because it, we want to amplify yesterday was all about amplifying the message of black lives matter. And so the less stuff, self-promotional stuff, stuff that isn't anywhere near as important as that by turning that down, turning it off yesterday, more prevalent messages could come through to help us to really make a point and be heard. So that was yesterday. I think it was the right thing to do. Um, and now, now we're here. You know, this is it. We're here. It's Wednesday. And it is essentially day 75 um, of uh, when the lockdown began. Now, some of the lockdown restrictions have been eased. We know that here in the UK. If you're watching from around the world, let me know where you're from in the comments. Really important if you're going to hear that you engage in the conversation. That's what this is all about. This is not me just talking at you. So with that in mind, let's say hello to some of the people that are here now. So I can always rely on my mum to come along and show some support. She's one of the um, people watching. Hi, mum. Shout out to Jackie G. Uh, Dan's here and no way. It's Dan's birthday. So let's give Dan some love on his birthday. Gary's already done the same, said happy birthday, Dan. Um, good evening, Gary. Great to have you here. Now, the thing that's going to be different about tonight's Bunker Talk is you know, last time, two weeks ago, we had a guest. We had Grant with us, and that was really fun. I thought that was really, 
really interesting for you guys and hopefully a lot of you stayed for most of the um, session so I assume that it was good for you and you enjoyed it so um what I want to do is I want to encourage you to knock on my door here you know there's a link right here on the screen and that link can basically get you in to the conversation with me um and I'm going to leave this link on the screen I fully I'm fully aware that nobody may take me up on this offer but I'd very much like you to um I'd like you to come and talk to me about some of the things that are going on and if you have any questions for not just me for the other people watching that would be very good for you to be able to ask these questions and and um hopefully gain some more clarity and positivity around whatever it is that you're faced with whatever it is that's challenging you right now so uh with that in mind I'll leave this I'll leave this link here uh, on the screen and I appreciate that some of you may have to, in fact, what I can do as well, guys, to make it easier for you is I can actually type this in the comments because that way, Hey, Michelle, great to have you here from Indiana. We had a good chat earlier in the comments on my Facebook um, with everything that's going on over in the States at the moment. There's a lot of, uh, a lot of anger and we talked a little bit about that. It would be good to get your perspective on that. And you're welcome to come and join me as a guest here tonight. Um, on the screen, we have a URL. And if you type that URL, by the way, you have to use Google Chrome. For some reason, this software, it doesn't like anything else. It only likes Google Chrome. So apologies, but unless you've got that. And it is better to do it on um, your laptop or your computer. Um, however, there is an app you can download it's called be live and you can download that app and you can join me that way i'm pretty sure but the safest and easiest way in is to use the um the link that's on the screen the url that's on the screen i believe i have yes i have i've just posted it there, there you go look it's there that's how you can join me and there's my actual photo that's better it's in the comments you can copy and paste the URL, I've posted it in the comments. If you want to jump on and have a little chat, come on, Michelle. Anyone that's watching this that would like to come on and get involved, let's let's make it about us. It's not about me talking at you the whole time, although I'm happy to do so. I have a little story that I'd like to share with you and a few talking points around this whole testing situation with coronavirus. So I am officially... Um, somebody who has not had COVID-19. I had a test and that in itself was a bizarro situation. Um, this happened, when did this happen? This happened two Saturdays ago. So two Saturdays ago, I was feeling pretty rough and my wife Kelly was like, right, we're getting, we're getting you tested. So we booked a drive-through test. And if anyone's had a COVID-19 test here in the chat, please, please let me know because it'd be great to talk to you about your experience of how it went. Anyway, so we, um, we pull up to this, this drive-through place and so we've had to drive like 40 minutes because we got lost. Um, Michelle, I've got you here in the holding room here. So I'll jump in with you in a moment. Um, what I'll do is I'll, I'll, uh, I'll finish this part of my story and then we can, Hey, first guest. I love it. Um, so we, we drive into this, this place and it's like, this is army personnel. They've all got like masks on. They hold these signs up in, in your car window and you have to call the phone number that's on the sign. So you can't wind your windows down or anything for obvious reasons. And then you call this phone number and then 
the, the person there with the, the military personnel with the mask on is like, right, this is what you need to do. This is how you need to do it. You then drive to the next one. And there's another person there with another sign, another phone number to ring. And then you call that phone number and they speak to you and they say, right, you got to pull over in the car park. You've got to put the the thing in, in the, the back of your throat, then up your nose and they'll tell you what you got to do. Um, and it's very, it's very like apocalyptic. It's just weird. Like, cause everyone's wearing army uniform and they've got masks on and there's no one around and like, you're really in your car and it's just a bit like weird. Um, it's just very scary. Like luckily Lincoln was asleep because I think he would have like lost it a bit. He was three. My boy's only three years old. He would have, he would have lost it a bit, but, uh, had the test on the Saturday, got the results back on the Sunday evening. So credit where credit's due, the results came back pretty quickly, just over 24 hours, and they came back negative. But I'll jump in and I'll tell you the rest of the story after because Michelle's here. And Michelle, we've, we've spoken. I'm going to put you on the stream. Here you go. You're coming in three, two, one. <laughs> How's it going? Pretty, pretty good. Oh, pretty good. Can you hear me? Yeah, can hear you loud and clear. Thanks for hey, being here. Cool. Yeah, thanks for for asking me to come. Well, we've discussed it a couple of well, <sighs> two or three weeks ago now, didn't we? About the the potential to have a bit of a chat here. Um, so it's great that we're finally doing it. I appreciate you yeah. being here and having the time. So um, my understanding is that you're you're in Indiana. Yes. Yeah. So what's the time over yes. there? Uh, it is quarter to three in the afternoon, and uh, yeah, we're in a very rural area as well. Um, I, I guess <laughs> what's affectionately called as the region, um, uh, Northwest Indiana, um, but far enough that we're, we're basically in between Chicago and, and Indianapolis. But okay. if you go, I don't know, a quarter of a mile, half a mile, either direction, you're going to find a cornfield or a bean field. Fair enough. <laughs> That's cool. so, so I guess living in um, isolation or lockdown is, is quite welcome i suppose not welcome i mean it's it's still it's so hard for us not to be able to go i mean normally we would have to travel 45 minutes away to go do anything really um you know the, the nearest mall is 45 minutes away drive you know um the nearest walmart is two towns over so <laughs> Um, it, it's not that hard to not go anywhere. We we're used to it, but it, on the flip side, we can't go anywhere. And so we're used to anytime we want to do something, we have to go. And now we can't. (laughs) That's fair enough. Yeah. It sounds good. It sounds nice. I I think, um, I'd like, I, I lived in New Zealand for a while and it's very much like that. You have to travel, um, 20 30 minutes to get to the next town or even just sort of habitat really um it's yeah. such a, a remote spaced out country but yeah it's, it's nice so i mean usa come on what's going on over there um so i think for the people in the rural areas um we see it almost more like um like the rioting and the um, protesting. There's a lot of people, not me particularly, or pe- like-minded people, uh, but 
how I say this correctly. Um, there's a lot of people that I know that consider it to be a city problem. Okay. Um, you know, the people are coming from the city and that's how they view things, but that's how they view things in a rural area anyway. Um, I was um, over at my brother's house watching the kids so that they could go and get their grocery shopping done without taking the kids out because they're in Illinois and you have to have masks and things like that um, to go out. And with a three-year-old and an almost 10-year-old, it's just, um, it's a lot, it's a lot harder. And so I went over to watch them so they could go and get their shopping done and things like that. Um, and I stopped back through on the way home um, to grab a few things at the, the store at Walmart there um, that we can't, I couldn't get in town. Uh, and I didn't think anything of it. I went to go pay for my things and um, they came over the this PA system and said, you know, we're closing early. Um, please gather the rest of your purchases and go to the front. And I thought, oh, well, okay, they're closing early. Uh, they're going to clean something like that. Didn't think anything of it. And I went to take my stuff, you know, put in the back of the, uh, the car because I'm, getting things here and there for graduation. My son's graduating. Um, we're having a party on July 4th. Mm -hmm. Uh, so, you know, getting a few things. I didn't really think much of it. And I overheard a woman on her cell phone talking about, um, everything in the area. They're all shutting down early and there's talk of protesters coming into our area and everybody's locking down. And I, I was shocked. I, I messaged a friend and I said, I, I think they think maybe it, there's going to be looting mm -hmm. in this, which is ridiculous, you know, to think of in, in our area, you know, um, we couldn't, I couldn't imagine. I know everybody almost in our town, yeah. you know, actually have three towns that come um, and go to school in our district. So <laughs> I, I know everybody in our area and I know everybody in like the neighboring areas. And so that was just so ridiculous to me. But then I got to thinking, like, what would I do? Mm. What would I do if that happened? And, you know, my family was in danger. And, and that was kind of scary. Yeah. Just the idea, you know? It is. It's, it's terrifying. It is terrifying. And seeing it for real over there and seeing the news clips and stuff, it is terrifying. Because I remember thinking um, when the coronavirus stuff started to happen and there was this big amount of fear and like the one thing that was not present was violence because there was this invisible war. It, it was a war against a virus rather than a war against each other, a war against another country, a war against another whatever. And, um, and now, you know, things have transpired in this way and it's difficult to rationalize and get your head around it. And, I, and I'm kind of like you, I'm careful about what I say here because it's extremely it's an extremely sensitive subject obviously but also like you and i and we we don't we will never know the 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 depth of how it feels right right so we we can only do our best here to fight for what we believe in and be a part of the change be a part of the solution which is obviously why we are still talking about it right now. And um, 
now seeing seeing violence in the way that it's come about is terrifying because this was not a violent problem in a, on a global scale as in the coronavirus but now the whole world has woken up to this anger and the way things have happened brought it to the forefront of our minds so like you see that you see it on the team and and it's a strange one isn't it michelle and everyone else watching as well you're welcome to obviously pitch in here because you understand the violence in a way like you can understand you can understand the the reason for protesting you can understand the reason for standing up obviously but you also yeah. have the coronavirus on the other side Right. And I mean, I, I think I can, I can empathize with the anger, you know, uh, Colin Kaepernick, everybody. I, I had so many friends and family members that just jumped all over him. And I'm like, I, I guess maybe I just saw it differently. Um, I, I looked and in his profession, in order to become an, a professional ball player, that has to be your passion. That has to be like what you live, eat, sleep, drink, breathe. And in that world of professional sports, um, it, football especially, when you take a knee, it's a sign of respect because somebody's hurt on the field. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Emergency. There, there's, a, there's a problem. And I felt like when he did that, that was the first thing that came to my mind. But I think there was this racist undertone in my friends and family, maybe, that um, they didn't appreciate that. And so they attributed it to being disrespectful of the flag or the national anthem of our troops. And I just didn't see it that way. And so I always made sure to try to play devil's advocate and go, you know, maybe, maybe that was the reason. Have you ever given it that thought? But um, my rhetoric professor in one of the classes I took once said that the people who have already made up their mind, those are not your, that's not your audience. Don't, don't even waste your time. They've made up their mind and you could show them proof. You could list all the facts. They're not having it move on the people that are willing to listen that's your audience sure yeah so when it came to that i was you know when i hit that wall i i moved on i i need to talk to somebody who's willing to listen and i'll i'll be willing to listen as well tell me your point but at least give mine a listen if you're not i'm moving on Uh, i loved how you shared earlier in the comments on a previous post about how even though they were close to you, the people who you maybe disagreed with, or maybe you were uh, butting heads with a little bit, you, mm-hmm. you, you're able to just kind of leave that there for now and put your energy somewhere else that can be more useful and be more productive. And I think that's maybe the, I mean, it's a great way to role model this moment in time, I think, and kind of want to, want to kind of conclude this point here that, that we have to, um, look for solutions and the solution that we want might be 15 solutions away. So we have to just do the one that we can do now that isn't going to cause more, um, 
anger or more of a problem. Because if we just all did that on like level one of the choices we made, then that would calm everything down a bit. And then we'd be able to sort of have discussions because the one thing that I think is really, really important anytime, especially now, is we're asking questions. We're asking questions to each other. We're asking questions to ourselves. We're asking questions to government. And when questions are asked, truth comes out. Because either the answer is the truth or you ask enough questions and you realize that you're, you're getting lied at. You know, and that, you see it now. And those of you that are in the UK, if you watched yesterday's, um, I'm just going to make a caveat here, not suggesting anyone was lying. But if you, they can only track the audio. But if we, um, if we look at the press conference yesterday, um, my wife said to me, we were watching it together and she said, um, oh, it must be really hard to say the right thing you know, when, when you're doing these press conferences and my, my answer was only if you're lying. Cause then you, if you're lying, you've got to remember, you've got to remember what you've said. You've got to recall what you've said, how you said it. If you're not, if you're not telling the truth, that's when it's hard. That's when it's difficult. That's when you have to think about it. Oh, better not say the wrong thing. If you're telling the truth, you just tell the truth. And um, I understand there's a professional element because they're professionals. They have to address the nation, but still it shouldn't, it sh you ask, you ask enough questions and eventually the truth comes out. I think it's, it's a good time to be asking questions. So I very much appreciate you joining me for this uh, bunker talk session um, as one of my guests this evening. Um, you're going to stick around for the rest of it. I hope. Yeah, sure. Yeah, good. Um, and yeah. Uh, and thank you so much. It's so good to get a perspective from over in the US. Um, I'm really keen, and you know this, you've tuned into many of these already. I'm very keen to break the pattern. that th I'm sharing this with you now, and obviously everyone watching. This has been about breaking my own patterns. So my own patterns were to talk at people. I'm now doing my best to talk with people. And that's why the bunker talk is very much open for people to come and chat. So I very much appreciate your input. And everyone, if you're watching, just give a little bit of a thank you there to Michelle for jumping on, being the first ever person to put her hand up and, uh, and come on the call with me. So thank you so much, Michelle. I'll chat no to you a bit later. Um, okay. Thank you. Stick around. And Rhonda, great to have you here as well. Rhonda, if you're feeling up to it, there's a link on the screen and it's also in the comments and you're, uh, you're welcome to um, type it in. And also anybody else who's here and wants to jump in and have a chat. Um, uh, can you still see me, Michelle? Just give me a wave if you can, because you're welcome to stay in there. If you can still see me and we can always jump in again later on, whatever, if you're happy. Um, great. So Gary, some comments from you and and i uh, appreciate you saying that you're too shy to jump on all good mate this is for your benefit and consumption and enjoyment this isn't a pressure situation you obviously don't have to if you don't want to um i think it's going to take a long time as uh, no one is born with views but the ones that are growing up now have already had their parents views or friends views implanted already it's, i mean it's a very important factor that uh i can't remember where i saw i saw a video and and it basically was explaining and bringing attention to the fact that this is all learned behavior, which is exactly what you've said. And in order to create that change, and I posted this earlier as well and shared this message, 
in order to create a generational change, it's up to us to teach the future generations, to teach our children and their, then them to make their own form, their own way and teach their children. And um, that's the only way. And if you think about it, it's what caused one of the things that caused this in the first place going back generation 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 an idea a learning an adaptation a belief a value that was considered at that time to be the one that would be the most favorable choice and now it's transpired to a position where it is definitely not for our society and what we hold important being one human race and holding everyone's lives in equal measure now it's up to us to change that with the choices that we make and the way that we teach our kids and uh, and I, I love how you brought that up because it really is up to us like the everyday people you and i sat here now we can't rely on tv we can't rely on the internet we can't rely on the media because there are twisted views that actually uh, you know i'm just going to come out and say it might be coming from a position of traditional thinking so how can we go against that when they can reach everyone and they are considered the way you should learn from us we are the news we are the media We've got to be the ones that teach in the moment. We have to teach in the moment to our children. And like I said with Michelle just now, we have to encourage questions. We have to encourage questions from our children, um, not to act strange if your child comes back from nursery and says, Daddy, why are some of my friends black? Why are some of my friends white? Which has happened with with us in our house you know it it's being able to explain the reason for that and not act in a way that makes it oh don't don't say that you can't say like that doesn't achieve anything because then it's learned in that moment that it's wrong or it's not right or it's something strange about it and it's those moments that we create the generational change it's not going to happen straight away it's going to take a lot of um leaning towards solution and brave and courage to be able to face the weirdness of the conversation if for want of a better word so we've got to be brave and that's one thing i definitely took from looking at other people's content over the last couple of days if you don't do anything you're part of the problem and i just want to add a little bit of energy to that and it's positive energy because it can come across a bit, well, very angrily, but it can come across in like a, all right, shaking you by the shoulders, what are you going to do about it sort of thing. But actually it can be a positive energy. It can be a, what small action can you take that is better than nothing? Because that is an action that leans towards the solution. Whether it's taking some time to learn, I mean, that's a great place to start read some books, watch like documentaries that are actually centered around the message you're looking to learn more about and then start formulating your own ideas and maybe start talking. And then again, asking questions. I'm, uh, I'm glad we're talking about this because I was hoping that we could, and I'm, I'm glad that we are. And I guess it's our way of leaning towards the solution together. Michelle in the comments, yes, I just told my daughter that if someone uh, do, someone doesn't take a side, they actually are taking a side. They're just doing it covertly. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And 
there's a balance here, isn't there, between again forcing, shaking by the shoulders and 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 pointing versus putting your arm around someone metaphorically and saying, you know, th- this is what what's going on and this is what we can do. And I've really leaned towards the people that have been doing that on social media and helping um, people from the black community that have been able to actually share some perspective in a way that helps us to understand. I mean, it's something that we just all want to be able to do. And um, again, like I said, and this will be the last thing, caring is where it starts. Definitely. Caring is where it starts. So uh, Rhonda, oh gosh, I would so do this. And she means jumping on the camera. Um, but I, but I look like a rough mess right now with no makeup and wet hair. Uh, I will next time for sure. Count me in. She's at the pool. Yeah. Well, Hey, look, it's, it is what it is. It's, uh, it's there for you to jump in next time if you feel like it. So, um, guys, let me finish off the, the story of TG's Corona experience. So, um, Sunday, the message comes through, it says negative. But by this point, I'd been in the bedroom the whole time. I'd had to speak to my kids through the door. Um, my meals were being brought in on the tray and slid in, and then the door was being closed because obviously we have to assume I've I've got COVID-19. Um, and we've done all this work, you know, t- 11 weeks of behaving in a way that is keeping everyone safe and not seeing anyone, not putting anyone at risk. And then all of a sudden it's right here and we think, Oh God, we could, uh, we could have it in the house. And you, you start, you start sort of thinking about, you know, these stories that you hear about people two, three weeks down the line and they're still struggling with it. And obviously the, the, the major one is the fear of, Oh my God, what if it gets really bad? I have to go to intensive care, etc. That starts going through your mind because it happens right? And let's not forget that. I know it's obvious, but man, this is a, a deadly disease. Let's not forget that. Um, and uh, I'm very grateful to be able to you know, be here. And I don't want to dramatize anything, but I know that in the time that has passed between the last bunker talk, there's been thousands of people that, that haven't, um, that, that, that are no longer with us. And <laughs> that's the severity of the situation. Um, so, I'm extremely grateful to be back here and chatting to you guys on Bunker Talk. Let's put it that way. But uh, Kelly started getting symptoms. She started to get a sore throat. She started to get sore throat. She's coughing. We're like, oh, no. Then all this Dominic Cummings stuff comes out. And I can't believe we haven't spoken about that already. I guess it's already been swept under the rug, which is just bizarre in a, in a way because it was such a incredibly strong point of conversation. For us here in the UK, the Prime Minister's chief aide his right hand man who works behind the scenes um advising him on all things um politics it came out that he did a 250 mile round trip whilst in lockdown with symptoms to go and stay in his uh at a home in his, at his parents estate um he then came out to deny any wrongdoing he didn't apologize he just said he did the right thing to keep his kids safe should the two of them have COVID-19 and not be able to look after the kid in London. They drove to the estate 250 miles away. He even did a little trip 30 miles down the road to see a castle just to make sure his eyes were okay because his uh, his eyes weren't great apparently. So it's very controversial. 
very, very controversial. And we had this thing in our mind that, oh my God, what if we can't look after the kids? We can't do a Dominic Cummings and break the like rules, but maybe we'll have to, because that's what he said. He said, you have to use your initiative and oh, what are we going to do? So we start thinking about all this and then Kelly gets her self test um, sent to her, right? So it gets mailed to her and it arrives within a day and a half. She takes the test and she gets her results back in two days. So again, credit where credit's due, the testing system works in a sense that a test can arrive or you can do a drive through test and get the results back. Cool. But this was still wiping me out six days later. And, it, and it's not like I've had, I've had flus and viruses before, but the doctor, I spoke to my doctor and, and she said, you, you probably do have it, but the tests now get this. Don't know if you know about this, but the coronavirus tests have a 25% false negative. That means one in four could be positive but come back negative. So the tests are accurate three out of four times. That's crazy. If you think about how many policies are riding on the data that we're getting from these tests, and yet 25% of them could be wrong. I mean, I know that there's a certain amount that they can do and there's a certain amount that they can't do, and they're doing it all very quickly. But I've been watching the press conferences every day, and I haven't heard this come out in terms of, oh, by the way, the test could be 25% inaccurate um, or up to 25% inaccurate. So anyway, that, that kind of made me think, all right, the family has it. Um, but then Kelly's results came back and it was negative. So we're like, what is going on? Like we're both wiped out. There's some funky shit going on. We've definitely got a virus, but what is it? We want it. We don't know. Then our little girl who's one starts getting this rash. So we're like, okay, well she gets a rash. It's hot. Maybe it's a heat rash. You know, people, babies uh, have rashes every now and again, you know, it happens. Um, But the next day she wakes up, it's worse. Her face is bright pink. She's got like a rash all over her front. She's got a rash all over her back. Her arms have got like down, down one side. That's like the prickly rash now with like little blood spots. So it's really bad. This rash, bless her. And she's a bit sort of dopey and dazed and she's not really her usual self. So, um, yeah, we, we call the doctor up and the doctor, <laughs> this is the exact words of the doctor. Do a Dominic Cummings and take your baby to A&E. Because we were concerned. We were like, well, we've got symptoms still and we could effectively have the virus. Should we be going out to A&E? Um, doctor said do it he, he literally said do a dominant cummings and go to a and e we didn't we waited we waited a bit because we were like well, we don't want to do it in case you know i've got a friend a very good friend of mine who's a doctor we got a sort of opinion from him and he was like well don't worry it's just a viral rash it'll be okay um if she's eating if she's drinking if she's you know regularly wetting her nappies and stuff she's good and she was but then it got worse she woke up from a nap and she was just like red um so we were like right i've i'll go because i'm 
now eight, I think it was eight or nine days post first day of symptoms. So I'm the safer to go theoretically. So I donned my mask and like got my, like all the stuff ready for a bit of a night in A and E. Um, and again, credit where, where credit's due, massive shout out to the NHS. I can officially now say it with absolute confidence, having been in it and seen everyone working in the A and E and in hospital, um, the doctors and nurses, the, the NHS are doing incredibly well to deal with this in a, a great way. They're doing their absolute best. They're doing it with a smile on their face as well. They're super helpful. It's quite amazing, really. We had three doctors come and look at her. We had four different nurses as well in the time that I was there with her. And the, uh, the, the end result was she had a viral rash. So she had a virus. So we all have had a virus. They did a COVID test on her before they sent us home, which is a bit nasty for an adult, let alone for a baby. They stick this big old swab thing right in the back of your throat and then right up your nose for like 15 seconds. And she's sort of crying and that. And then they send it off to get tested. And we go home and the next day she wakes up, she's a bit better. But, you know, this is what's happened. She has her results and they've come back. And can you guess what they say? negative (laughs) so we've had a virus we don't know what and so that's led me to think and it's led me to ask a few questions i've asked a few questions of um medically trained people that i have in my circles and there's this undertone that there might be multiple i don't want to scare anyone right and i'm not a doctor or a scientist but I'm telling you, I had something weird. It wasn't just a normal virus that I've felt. And I've had multiple viruses before. This one was different in the way that I didn't have. It wasn't bad. Like I didn't struggle bad. It wasn't in pain or anything like that. I couldn't do anything. Couldn't get out of bed for like five days. I felt like I had a hangover. I had a burning, like I had a little ball of fire in my throat. Like I literally, I thought if, if I burped, it would be a little smoke burp, like a little baby dragon. I felt like I had that in the, in the back of my throat. I had like aching fatigue and just my whole body was, I was sweating and a fever of 38 and I was out. Um, so there's talk that there could be multiple versions of this coronavirus, which is very possible. Because viruses do change and adapt and mutate and think how many people it's gone through and stuff. Like, it's just a bit weird, really. Um, I guess the good thing is that now I'm right as rain. So's Kelly. So's baby Marcy. Um, so, like, it's just weird. And I, I don't know what to do, really. I think a lot of the world is going back to, I guess, this sort of version of normal lockdowns are being eased. The question is there, do you send your kids to school? Do you send them to nursery? Do you, you know, do you have to do that or not? You know, do you want to do that or not? And, um, and this is the final point that this is the reason why I'm sharing this with you guys. I hadn't been anywhere. So I've been at home. This thing's happened due to something coming into my house, whether it was a package, the mail, 
shopping, like other than or or when I've been out for a run. Maybe I've like not realised and I've touched one of the gates that I have to open, and and I've gone in and maybe I've like touched my face or something, but I haven't been anywhere. And this is very real. Like at the end of the day, I cannot sit here and say that I've had coronavirus because I had a negative test. I cannot sit here and confidently say that I've had a version of it because that's just a little bit pushing the boundaries. But what I can absolutely say is I had a virus, guys, and the coronavirus is a virus. And I got this this virus from not doing anything really. So if we're out there and we do come into contact with it, it's very real and it is going to take a bite. Um, so when we're going into it and we're integrating back into society again, guys, you have to take it seriously. Wash your hands as much as you can. I know you know this, but I'll echo the, the, the message and keep your distance. We see some nutty, crazy shit on the news of people going to the beach and being stacked next to other people, strangers, shoulder to shoulder. And why? because you want to go to the beach like the beach it gives you a feeling right the beach gives you a feeling it gives you a feeling of relaxation and self-love and calmness but you can get that without having to put yourself in danger or anyone else in danger and that's the batshit crazy part of it we walk around wearing masks because we think someone's going to give us coronavirus the reason that people in my line of heritage so i'm sure sure some of you are a little bit curious to think well you know i'm not i'm not like this light makes me look whiter than i actually am like i'm not actually straight up white i've got ethnicity but my ethnicity is not black my ethnicity is asian um so which is hence why i'm i'm able to kind of take the position of i don't know what it feels like because i don't from the perspective of what we talked about earlier but what i do know is um is that you know in japan they started wearing masks post sars and you know the viruses that broke out in the early 2000s to stop themselves from giving the virus to other people it's now considered rude it's now considered unacceptable and inappropriate to turn up to a business meeting or a social event without a mask and cough or sneeze or wipe your nose, or like have any sort of cold-like fluey symptom. You're literally disrespecting the people who you're in presence with. And in some cases, they'll just tell you to go home. The masks are there to protect everyone else. So when we think about the scenarios of going into public places, like the beach, etc., and we're like, oh, you know, um, it, I don't mind, you know... But actually, you, you don't know if you're carrying the virus without showing symptoms and then putting other people at danger. And then one of those people goes home and, you know, someone else catches it in their home and, and, and they're just, that's how it spreads, right? That's how, oh, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to stop talking about it now. I'm going to stop talking just for tonight. I'm done. I'm done, talk, I'm done talking about the coronavirus. I'm done talking about a lot of things. I want to know what you think. I want to know what you think. So let's read a couple of these comments. Um, Stephen, hi, Stephen. How are you? I hope you're okay. Feeling better. I am, mate. Feeling much better now. Thanks for asking. Glad to be here. Dan, uh, on Dominic Cummings, Dominic Cummings um, should have said sorry no matter what. 
yeah, like, I don't know. I, I don't, <laughs> Dan, you've pulled me in again. I don't know about you guys, but it's similar to the whole thing about being careful about what you say. You only need to be careful about what you say if you're fucking lying. Um, the other point here is that if you make a mistake, people respect you more if you just say sorry. It's just like you're just digging yourself a hole every time you open your mouth until you say sorry. And sometimes you just have to do that when you're in the wrong. And he's, he is um, in the wrong. And maybe we would respect people in the government uh, a little more if they just apologize for when they got things wrong. Um, and uh, there's a bit of a movement, a bit of a feeling here that, that we are having the wall pulled over our eyes a little bit here in the UK. It's like, okay, you know, you're not quite being clear on your answers and it's all a bit gray area. Um, but, uh, if, if politicians came out, I don't know about you, but I'd certainly feel more pulled towards it. If they came out and were like, look, um, this is not going to be easy. This isn't going to be simple but here's what we think is the best thing for us to do. And this is what we're going to do. And here's why we're going to do it. And then it went ahead and someone made a mistake, especially a mistake like that. They were like, we're really sorry. Uh, we, we're going to either you know tell him that he needs to leave or he leaves himself or at least says sorry, but he didn't. So he's just a massive prick. Anyway, that's, uh, that's that. Uh, <laughs> I can only see Michelle. She's cracking up. I only hope that you are too, and you're not thinking that I'm rude. Um, Carlton, hey, bro, good to see you are back. Yeah, back in the house. Uh, Rhonda, poor baby. Uh, Marcy, obviously, not me. I hope you're not being sympathetic towards me. I could read that, oh, poor baby. Yeah, I know it was bad. It was bad. But I know that you mean Marcy. Well, that virus was a terrible virus. Um, that had to be in the coronavirus family. Yeah, it's just weird that there, like, it happens. You know what I mean? I've been eating well, sleeping well, doing all things good. I've been really healthy and stuff, and and it just came and it bit me. And that leads me on to Angela. And I know how much Angela loves my lion analogy because she shares the same belief that the lion is still out there just because you haven't seen it for a while. Uh, doesn't mean it won't come back and bite you. And we're talking baby lions, baby lions. Um, still the lion is out there, just not as big, not yet as big and scary. Yeah. Maybe this other thing is the baby lion. I don't know. Well, the good news is Angela, I haven't really seen anyone. Um, so hopefully it has stopped from my case anyway um and not gone anywhere else uh i think that's only a good thing yeah me too and then michelle i have to think about in terms of am i bringing the virus to my grandma yeah yeah there's there's people we care about that we've been working so hard to protect and that's why we've got to be extra vigilant and extra considerate towards our behavior and the way that we're doing things and the reasons why we're doing things impatient i mean it's impatience is going to kill people guys impatience is going to kill people if we can just be more patient and take a more calculated approach perhaps and i don't want to push anyone's buttons here because i understand if it's going back to school if it's going back to work if it's like doing this i totally understand it's not my position to 
to point fingers at anyone that's doing that. But if you're going to the fucking beach and you're sitting next to someone, like not even going to the beach, you can go to the, of course you can go to the beach. Equally, it's not my position to tell you that you can or cannot go to the beach. But as a human being who's concerned about the safety of other human beings, going to a beach that's overcrowded and sitting within a couple of feet of someone um, all day and integrating with multiple people, that is bad. That is bad. That's that's inconsiderate to others and to the people in your life who you care about the most, rightly put there by Michelle. We went to go and take a drive the other day to, uh, I think yesterday it was, yeah, yesterday. We're going to go and check out a local river. We're going to sit by the river. And we didn't even get to like we just saw the cars that were going in the same direction as us and we're taking and you don't go down these roads unless you go into the river right and we're like there's no point there is no point it's not only going to be stressful but it's going to be dangerous because there's going to be too many people and it's um they only go in there same reason we want to to dip our feet in the river and have a lovely day and that's fine but we can't do that. We can do it in different ways. We have to just think outside the box here, ladies and gents. If you can't sit by the river, what else can you do that's not going to put people in danger? And that's the key. Oh, I don't know. Have I, I don't know. I feel like I've pushed things a, a bit far tonight. Maybe. I don't know. It's important, I guess. Maybe it's because I've had two weeks where I've not been here and I've just like laid it all out there. But um I feel better anyway. Thank you for your time. I'll pay you later. Um, let's see. Carlton, do you think there will be a cultural change with masks? I think it's becoming more acceptable. And I think at the start of this, the thought, and I, I'm biased here because I did always have that understanding that you wear a mask when you are concerned about giving people germs. So it's not a defensive, it's a, protective for other people not oh i better keep myself safe um so i get it that it's becoming more acceptable i tell you what you know that the we're being really challenged at the moment in terms of the questions that we're asking ourselves and the filter to put on any any of these questions is how can you be the change how can you be the change, right? That's the only way to act positively in, in any of these situations. And so I will wear my mask when I go out in public. If I have, which I still, I, I still do now, anything remotely close to a cold, to a flu, to a anything. And if someone wants to look at me funny about that, I'm okay. That's fine. I'm doing it for you. I'm doing it for you because I'm concerned about my own situation. That could be a problem for you. Not because I'm thinking, oh, you're going to give me your germs. It's not that. It's not that position. This is what masks were for and are for. Um, the only difference, by the way, is the actual PPE, the personal protective equipment that nurses and doctors of the like wear 
due to the fact that they are working with sick people. So, of course, they're going to protect themselves. By default, they're in a high-risk situation. But for everyone else, it's a concern that you... I mean, it's not going to hurt, is it, putting a mask on if you're concerned about picking up the virus. But really, if you have any kind of weird cold or flu or anything, wear it. Wear it, 100%. Yeah. What do you think? Tell me what you think. Stephen, indeed the lion is still out there. Yeah, it is. The king, the king lion. Corona means means crown. The king lion is is out there still. And Michelle, and arrogance. There are so many arrogant people here in the States. They just don't give three shits that they could either get it or unknowingly pass it on to someone else. But if they don't know the people they give it to, it doesn't register that they're doing anything wrong, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh it's another one of them really deep rooted ones, isn't it? That um that really would take some challenging to care about people at that level, to be consciously concerned about people at that level, to be able to go beyond your own negligence of, oh, it doesn't matter. You know, that is a definite higher level of consciousness to understand that and to consider it sometimes that type of um conscious awareness is only possible with the complete opposite happening the contrast and this is a zen belief right you only fully appreciate life when you fully appreciate death and maybe, maybe we've got to this strange point in time where we are so conditioned to hearing that thousands more people have died of coronavirus that we're just, oh yeah, thousands, thousands more people have died, you know? Because that's, it's right there. We could learn. We could be learning from that right now and going, whoa, these people did not expect this three weeks ago, two weeks ago, all their friends and family. And you know what? I'm going to put my mask on when I go to the fucking supermarket. It's just a level of consideration. It's just a level of consideration. While the line's out there, of course, ladies and gents, Carlton, 100%, I don't think we'll ever get away from it. Just going to be something we need and be cautious about. Yeah, you can be positive with it. Like, um, you can get, like, funky ones. I've got ones with stars on that I was given as a gift from um, from my mum. Well, from her, from her client who um, I've known since I was four, four years old. Uh, so thank you very much. Angela. It is inconsiderate. Too many people have just accepted this and forgotten how scary this actually is. I will sit in my bubble for a year if I have to, to ensure that I can enjoy time with friends and family later down the line. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, you know that, um, you have a value, you have a, a, a very deep understanding on what that means to you and what you're willing to do and not do. I think that's very important. 
And there's going to be an element of social pressure for everybody. I think there already is an element of social pressure. And people are going to have to decide between what's financially normal or financially seems to be the right thing to do versus the actual right thing to do. And what I'm talking about here is people who might be in vulnerable positions or have family who are, um, who are vulnerable, but they feel like they have to go back to work because they're being pressured to go back to work by just the pure fact of public pressure. Like, let's say that you are a hairdresser and all your clients are now saying, well, when can I book in? Because, you know, hairdressers are allowed to work now. I've seen it on the news. And you're going, I don't really want to because I know that I've been in my bubble or I've been keeping safe. If I go out there now and I start seeing all these people, then I'm going to put my friends and family at risk potentially. But if I don't, then am I going to lose all my clients? You know? And that pressure is coming. It's coming. There's this whole thing about being first to the post in businesses, being first to the post, being the first to open, being the the first to be ready to try and grab the people that are ready to, yeah, let's do it. Let's go and go to the pub or let's go and like do these stuff. You know, I'm a gym owner. So to a certain extent, yes, I am talking about the gym. It's very, it's very easy to get lured into that pressure. Um, but, uh, you can, you can make no, no mistakes about it, you know, and my guys know we won't be rushing anything if it's not safe. And we certainly won't be putting any pressure on anyone to come if they don't feel safe. And if they don't feel safe, we're not going to judge them for that. This is more important, right? Life is more important than, uh, than these things we're talking about here. So we've got to take responsible positions. And as I say, and as uh, I know a lot of you agree, um, you've got to be the change and lean towards solutions. Always. Mother. Hello, mother. Hey, my family have been following the lockdown rules and still 15 weeks. Mummy G is three meters away chatting to you on the drive. We know it's not forever. So grateful we can do that at least for now. I know. Yeah, it's it's not... It's hard. It is hard for you, for you for you as well as grandparents, you know, um, with the grandkids and the kids change like they so quickly, and especially because you and and dad would see them so much as well, and a lot of people would share that. Dad's here and he's just logged in. Good to have you on board, the big Ivan. Um, it is difficult. Kids kids change quick, um, but. I know that you two understand your values and your position on this, um, which is uh, which is important that we communicate and keep in that understanding of the reasons why we do these things, just like we did the other night on the phone. Louise, good to have you here, Louise. What have you missed? Well, I don't know what what has Louise missed, guys. I don't know. Like we we talked about Corona tests. We talked about. Um, the Black Lives Matter, we had um, the Black Lives Matter, Matter voice and conversation. We also talked about some of the stuff that's going on in the USA. We had Michelle as our first and only at the moment guest to come on the camera and talk. Um, 
and that was really cool and insightful. Not ev- not only what I'm trying to say, no single one person can know all the answers or all the perspectives, right? This is the change that I've made to within myself, which I alluded to earlier about breaking my own patterns. If I can bring Michelle on here or anyone else who is living a different life to who I am and they can share some perspective, it can help others who are also in my blind spot, which is huge, of course. I'm just one person. But what I have is a platform and that platform is here and you're witnessing it right now. It's live here on Facebook. It's also on my podcast. Um, you know, we have thousands of people who listen to the podcast every single week. So there is a platform there that I guess is an opportunity to be talking about some of these things. So, you know, I I hold no apologies about any of the things that we've talked about. I do apologize for swearing because I've sworn a few times in this one and I've been a very good boy lately. I haven't sworn, swore, I haven't swore much, but like I get, you know, I guess I've got it from my dad. My dad can get a little bit heated when he believes in something, he'll get heated about it. And I have believed in it. And, this is a time to stand up for what you believe in and, and lean towards solutions. So um, here he goes. Look, he's, he's made a comment right on cue. There he is, right on cue. Uh, <laughs> I feel we are being treated like mushrooms, kept in the dark and fed a mountain of bullshit. So, I mean, you can see, right, this is where it's coming from. This is his second input from tonight, um, which is obviously well appreciated. And, you know, dad, you'll be proud of me tonight. We've stepped outside the comfort zone a little bit, started talking about a few things in a slightly different tone, because the longer it goes on, the more bullshit I think we're open to and at risk of being fed, even if we are or aren't. Um, it's definitely a, a time to stand up and, cut through that a bit so we've been doing that a little bit tonight um just scroll up catch up on some of these uh comments here dan my brother cuts hair in his garden did not got did not get much um off the government self-employed yeah like you have got to do what you got to do as long as you're doing it safely and as long as you're not causing people harm and increasing the risk and it is about calculated risks as someone else said there um Michelle, heck, in the States, many people feel they don't have a choice whether they go back to work or not. They need the money. We got our measly 1200 bucks per adult plus 500 per kid and 16 below, but it's a mere advance on our next year's tax return. Yeah, I mean, one thing that we're massively grateful for over here on our island is this furlough scheme that we've been given where anyone who was employed, they get up to two and a half thousand pounds a month from the government um, or 80% of their wage. Um, and I know that in America it's, it's impossible demographically. It's the, it's economically impossible just the way that the country is run to do that. Right. So it must be really difficult. The pressure must be extremely high on people going back to work. But you know, on that point, Michelle, I don't know, like, If so here's here's one thing that I think is important to consider. If you have to change jobs, change jobs. It doesn't matter. It's a new it's a new world, right? It doesn't matter how long you've been doing it. It doesn't matter it doesn't even matter if it's your own company. If you cannot do it anymore, 
because of the conditions that we're in. If it's not possible because your industry has changed due to the COVID-19 virus, which many has, well, many have, many industries have, we can't hold on to the pride. We have to be able to let that go and pivot if we need to and change if we need to. There is absolutely nothing wrong with someone who's worked themselves up the ladder to have that job put under stress and threat and not be able to cope, not be able to do it, not be able to go to work or they don't want to risk putting their, their, their grandma at risk or whatever to just go, do you know what? I'm going to get another job. It's not going to be forever. And on my CV, on my record, if I'm ever asked about why I decided to change my high flying job to go and work in this remote job that I can do from home, you know what I'll tell them? I did it because it was the right thing to do for my family. And I knew at the time that I would sit in front of my future dream job, my future employer right now, and I'd be able to confidently tell you that because I was doing what I had to do and now I'm doing what I have to do again and I want this job. It's just There's just no shame. There's just no shame in doing that at all. It's important to know that because I think it takes some of the pressure off. People might have to fight against their job. You don't need to do it. You can change it. There's always going to be choice. And the great thing to remember about economy is that economy doesn't stop. It just changes. It just shifts. It's like water. It just moves and it settles and it flows. And so there might have been this very widespread, worldwide understanding of one industry that was a healthy industry to be in for the economy that is now not. And it's volatile. But over here, there's this little piece of the economy that used to be this small little player in the game and is now like thriving. Because money moves. Money flows, it moves. It's a, it's a, a relationship of people transacting with others. And so there will be other jobs. There will be other industries that will rise. It might not happen straight away, but it will. I believe that. Um, I just want to make sure I haven't missed any other up here before we conclude. It's been great. I, I mean, I hope it's been great for you. Uh, Angela, it is tough. Fortunately, whilst in my bubble, I've been fortunate enough to continue to work throughout lockdown. In fact, I could do with a holiday or a weekend at the beach on your own, obviously, <laughs> with no one else, with, with your family. Um, but that too can wait. Absolutely. I understand there are people out there that have, uh, that have work face to face and, oh, it went, where did it go? And it will be a while before they are able to get back to work. And I do feel for them. I have to be sure in this time, whilst I'm in this position to do so, I keep my little family safe 100%. I have a client who runs a, um, well, she owns a um, property on a farm. It's a holiday let. And she's getting booked. Like it's really taken off in July, August. Um, she's, uh, she's taking bookings because people can go and stay in her, her accommodation, which is a beautiful house, sleeps up to 16 people. But obviously she can't offer it to 16 people unless they're in a family. But she can offer it to um, single family use whilst we're in these conditions. And so people are actually booking the house 
instead of doing the abroad holiday that they would usually do because we can't do that bit right she gets the house professionally cleaned after every every um letting and so it's a great idea or alternative for anyone that has felt the pressure and the stress of just working for bloody 13 weeks without a break come on even that itself can be enough to take a holiday yeah um that's a great option if you're thinking about it do a an airbnb um providing that you can do it safely and go and stay somewhere within the country uh good right louise as you know from our chats on instagram I always listen to your podcast. Thank you for listen to, listening to my podcast, Louise. I really appreciate that. I'm glad that it helps you. Um, I'm a key worker and this lockdown is driving me crazy with my mental health and struggling. Sorry to hear that. Um, but also very proud of you for saying that and for able for being able to share it, not just with me previously, but here tonight. Um, you're doing a great, you're doing a great job for everybody, right? You're, you're out there and you have been out there week in, week out, and you've got to give yourself a pat on the back, Louise, for not just showing up and doing that, but for having the courage to continue. A lot of people have thrown the towel in and they've decided that they don't want to do it and they can't face it and it's too much for them. And, you know, hopefully they will find a way to repair that and to encourage themselves to build that courage but what i can say is that you've got that because you've been going out to work you absolutely should give yourself some credit louise for doing what you've been doing over the last few weeks it's okay if you are feeling that that's perfectly fine um keep talking about it and keep asking questions because that's how you can help yourself not just questions to others but questions to yourself as well um very, very important. Very, very important. And keep checking in with me as well. I, you know, I'll always have time to help. Um, Dan shows you have passion. Yeah. Getting a bit hot under the collar every now and again shows you've got passion. N- not everyone's, um, well, I don't know many people whose f- favorite flavor of ice cream is vanilla. Right. If you're vanilla, it's difficult to, you know, I guess get your point across. You got to go there. Michelle, if you check my profile, you'll see my viewpoint on cursing. Oh, okay. I, I guess you're pro cursing then. Good. Is your mum on? Yeah, my mum and dad, number one fan. Mother, I have to tell her every now and again just to tone it down because, you know, mum, 32 now. I love you. But like, it's okay with our last name it's glaringly obvious that we're related um so it's very difficult when uh when when you're my only comment on on my post just you know sometimes happens (laughs) oh i love it gary ain't that easy um yeah you talk about the jobs right you're talking about changing i get that Try telling that to 19k BA workers that's that's going to lose their jobs. Gary, look, there's a lot of things we can't control, and if you're going to lose your job, you're going to lose your job. You've got to have your your options open and start thinking about what skills you can. Because a lot of the time, I don't want to get into this too much tonight. Maybe we can talk about it next time. But a lot of the time, we take things too definitively with our skills. So we look at our qualifications. 
and we look at what we've already got. But what we don't take in, into consideration is what our capacity is to achieve. Now, as an employer, I can very confidently say that if someone, I've done this multiple times, if someone comes to me with the right attitude and a willingness to learn, I'll support their qualification pathway if they're the right person. And there'll be other employee, in other jobs, obviously not all jobs. You can't go, yeah, I'd like to be a doctor, please. Well, that guy's got a good attitude. Let's employ him. Let's get him in there with a mask and get him operating on people. Um, you can't do that with all things, obviously. But in terms of getting a, a job, if it's something you're passionate about or interested in, it always helps. To show that enthusiasm, that's like a secret qualification that you might have that somebody else that sits in that seat might not have. And if anyone watching this is going to lose their job or has lost their job, obviously it's shit. Obviously it sucks, but it's done. It's done. You did it. It'll always be part of your life. And I'm sorry if this seems insensitive, but it's not. It's just a fact. You could sit there and be pissed off and angry about losing your job, or you could go and find a job that wasn't just a job, but one that you really fucking enjoy. Like even if you enjoyed the one that you were doing and it sucks that you lost that one, there, there are other things that you could do that you could put some passion into. Unfortunately, if you work on an aircraft or in any travel, I've got clients that work in travel. Like, Yes, okay, it would be wonderful, wouldn't it, to get another job in travel? But there aren't any jobs going in travel because it's not it's not alive at the moment. Um, not to say that it isn't going to come back, and if it does, you'll be at the front of the queue. But you'll have some other perspectives because you did a different job for a while, and you'll have other references, and it can only mean good things. It can only ever mean a good thing to be on the side of the solution and not on the side of the problem. It can only ever be a good thing to think about what you can do about something rather than why is this happening to me? It can only ever help. And I, I just like, I've never been in that position, but I've run businesses since I've come out of college. And when, when you're in that position and, and in those, those businesses, there are times when you feel pressure and it's not the pressure of you losing your job, which is obviously what we're talking about here, but it could be the pressure of somebody else and what that means for them. And it could be the pressure of the decisions you need to make and all the moving parts. And, and it's always, 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 because the reason I say this is because I can't speak from experience here, Gary, or anyone else watching this. But what I can say is if you are dealt that hand, you absolutely have a choice to sit and be pissed off or go forward you know I, I love that you're here gary and i really appreciate your your conversation tonight it's very important to bring that very important because what we've talked about will hopefully help and i've just seen your comment um saying about um maybe you're too old and stuck stuck in your ways um it it's not it's not um a weakness it's not a weakness. It's a positive when you start to maneuver it because you're bringing with you anyone who's in a position where they feel like they're in, they're stuck in their old ways. 
when you start wiggling that and start seeing different things and asking different questions, you're bringing with you a bunch of discipline, a bunch of loyalty, a bunch of resilience, all the stuff that makes you seem like you're stuck in your ways. That's the qualities that exist there. Resilience, experience, determination. And as soon as you start to wiggle and see the different choices and opportunities, you're bringing all that to the table to whatever job interview you're sitting in next. It's not a weakness um, unless you don't do anything. All right. Thanks for the comments, everyone. Um, let's <laughs> mum's mum's taking rank here. The, the mum talk is taking rank, I think, here. Let me see. Hello, yes. I, his number one fan. She's also um, an emoji fan, but we can't see what that is. I don't know what that emoji is. Um, do, do feel free to tell me. I can't see it here. Um, I love watching Bunker Talk. Rhonda, I love watching Bunker Talk. I watch him every chance I get. Uh, thank you, mum. There you go, see? Other people like me. Um, <laughs> Louise, Tommy, you know I'll happily come on and chat about how this lockdown has affected our mental health. Think told this on Instagram. Yes, let's do that, Louise. It'd be lovely to have you on here next. We'll do it next time. Only reason being, we're 77 minutes, 78 minutes in, and um, we've got a bit of a habit on these bunker talks to to make them long. Last one, Grant, nearly two hours. Whew. Managed to edit it down slightly for the podcast, by the way. And if you aren't subscribed yet to the podcast, then you should be. Um, go on iTunes or Spotify, Tommy G Talks, it's called, and subscribe. Um, yeah, let's do that, Louise. Carlton, 100%, but I think it's a very personal thing because everything in life has a calculated risk, right? Yeah, 100%. Oh, we've jumped a bit. Yeah, definitely, Carlton. Look forward to chatting to you as well uh, tomorrow. Talking tomorrow, aren't we? Um, Gary, I know the feeling, Louise. Keep up the good work. Absolutely. This is one great thing about this bunker talk is that you can share how you feel and other people can help you. It's been great seeing you guys interacting with each other. Those of you that have been here before, Gary, Dan, Michelle, Louise, Rhonda, it's wicked to see you here. Um, Dad's cracking up because he's saying that I'm um, still her little, little soldier. Yes, I am. And he's, I can picture him now sat back giggling because he gets, he gets it from both ends, I suppose, in terms of what's happening with the unprecedented, I love that word because I hear it every day in the freaking news, amount of love that uh, is coming through always for my mum, of course, my number one fan. I'm your number one fan, mum. How about that? Spin it around. Michelle, my latest talk with my, with my daughter covered choices and consequences. I told her that making a mistake is fine as long as you take something away from it. Date the wrong boy and tell him to kick the rocks if he's a jerk. Take the wrong class in college, but take something away from that class besides debt. It's all about how you look at it. Yes, what an amazing viewpoint. That's so cool. It, it's very similar to the advice that I would have received from my parents, which I'm extremely grateful for. And I cannot, well, I can tell you, Michelle, how empowering that is to know that if you aren't sure as a teenager, because is your daughter, how old is your daughter? How old is she? 12. So she's, she's almost, she's almost, well, she's pretty much a teenager. Girls are, girls are teenagers at 12. Geez, they're teenagers at 11. Um, so I can tell you how empowering it is to know that if you don't know the answer, that you still can't get it wrong. Yeah. 
I didn't know what I wanted to do until I was 16. And I, by the way, I say that with respect because I know that there's people that don't know what they want to do until they're 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 and beyond, right? But the reason I say that in that context is because in school, you are kind of supposed to know. And all the teachers are like, what class do you want to take? What choice do you want to do? Da, 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 da. And it's very difficult because of course you have to choose topics and subjects. Of course you do because they can't teach you everything and they teach you the core subjects and then they want you to choose the route, the road that you want to take. Yeah. Um, but when I say that, you know, I'll just make sure that I come across clearly there. It's about, it's about in school, there's the pressure that you should know what you want to do. I didn't know. I remember telling my tutor that I wanted to be an estate agent because I just thought it would be a good thing. They get to use a computer every day. And I like computers, so I'll do that. Um, and it's very empowering to know that you can make a choice. And even if it's not the right one, it's not wrong. Because there'll always be something to gain from it. There'll always be something to learn from it. It's it's amazing. It really is. It's, uh, it's very empowering if... And the weird thing about it is, Michelle, when we take a zoomed out look at, say, your daughter when she's in her 20s and 30s, um, Gary, thanks for tuning in, mate. Really appreciate the comments and really really appreciate the input and for you spending the time with us. Maybe we'll get you on the camera one day. Who knows? Um, See you soon, mate. But going back to uh, the zoomed out picture of your daughter in her 20s, 30s, whatever she's doing, I'm sure that she will be able to zoom out and look back at the choice of class that she took that wasn't the right one, right? And go, I can see how that made sense where I'm at now because there was a learning that was extracted from it. So it adds up. It makes sense. Um, You either learn what you're not good at and what not to do or or you're able to um, pivot and take something useful. I actually (laughs) weirdly did um, art in, uh, I didn't do sport. And, you know, the majority of my twenties was, was in sport. My business, like I started was in, was in fitness and I didn't do any fitness until I was in college, the second year of college. Before that I was doing graphics and art and, but I can attribute a lot of the creative freedom that I have now in what I do now running, running a digital marketing company is one of the, one of the things that I do now and being able to do stuff like this with you guys and be able to speak about creativity, speak freely down to one single project to art in art, one single project, which I was pants at art. I was not good. I was crap at still life drawings. I was rubbish at doing my homework. I couldn't care less about my art homework but the final project, in fact, I was on route to get an E, which is just about a pass. F is obviously a, a no score in the, uh, at the time in the GCSE in the UK. E was my predicted grade. The final piece was basically do what you want. And I took that as, all right, then I'll do what I want. I'll have a laugh with it. I'll muck about. I'll take some photos of like, I did this thing in like this big square wooden box with like good versus evil and made like these clay figures and had an action man like dressed up in like 
he was chained to a chair because he was imprisoned and like had all this funky shit going on. But I did it just for like a bit of fun. But what is that? That is full expression. That is creativity. I ended up getting an A star on that piece, which bumped my grade to a B, which was one of the highest grades I got across all my subjects, which is crazy. But that taught me that creativity is not what somebody else considers to be the right way of doing it. It's whatever makes you tick. It's whatever lights you up. It's whatever gets you excited. So even in those moments when things don't go right as a teenager, there will always be these things that you can take that will back you up when you're 20, 30. And I know this is true for you, Michelle, true for everyone else. We can look back at our own lives and think of the same thing. Same thing. Wicked. Ladies and gents, it's been a pleasure speaking with you all again. And I just want to say a big thank you again to Michelle for coming on and being a visible guest. Um, we'll love, I'd love to chat with you again next time. Same with you, Louise. We'll get you in again. Carlton, thanks for being here. Mum, thanks for being here. Um, and obviously everyone else who's tuned in, Rhonda, Gary, Dan, um, Dad was involved, Stephen, Angela. Awesome, 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 awesome to have you here. Um, if at any point... Um, you guys would like to ask any questions or discuss anything in particular, do feel free to speak up and tell me, um, ask me, send me a private message or, or whatever. And at some point I'm just going to say and put it out there at some point, we are going to transition the narrative of, I guess, bunker talk away from just Corona stuff and start talking a little bit more about some other topics that we can help um, share perspective on, because that's really what this is about. All right. It's just that that's very much the case in the world that we live in right now. It's the overriding narrative. Um, thank you all for being here. I'll catch you soon. Make sure that you check out the podcast, Tom and G talks, iTunes, Spotify, and be safe and be positive. See you.